and then I was on it before class, after class, after school. I was just trying to learn the software and learn how it works, learn mixing, beat matching, stuff like that. Welcome to the latest edition of the Beat Talks podcast. I'm your host, DJ Ruche, and this week I am chatting with DJ June from the Utah Jazz. And as you'll hear in this podcast, the theme seems to be professionalism. I can speak for myself that uh, I feel like being a professional has gotten me to where I am in my DJ career, music career, with the clients that I have. I take great pride in showing up on time, delivering more than I promised, and uh, being the last thing the client ever has to worry about once you hire me. And uh, DJ June seems to embody that same type of mentality. So had a great conversation with him. He was born and raised in Haiti, came to the United States for school, has really made a great career for himself out there in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hope you enjoy the pod. Let's hear from DJ June. DJ June, thanks for joining the Beat Talks podcast. I appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your day to join me. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You are the official DJ for the Utah Jazz. And uh, full disclosure, I actually have a lot of family that lives in the Utah Salt Lake area. Um, I have been there quite a bit in my life, and uh, I've never been to a jazz game. But all I hear about, especially during the Michael Jordan era, was how loud that arena is. Do you still get that vibe? Is it still that loud when people come to play there? Definitely. Um, first night, I I was I was kind of shocked because I was I it was um, so different because the only time I went to the stadium was a couple of years before I got in, so I didn't understand everything that was going on. But when I was actually on the floor and I realized how loud people were were during the games and all that stuff, I was like, damn, this is crazy. I even had extra earpiece just to cover my ears because it was so loud. Yeah. I've heard opposing coaches say they have to wear earpieces or else they'll just have ringing in their ears the rest mm, of the night. That's, yep, uh, yep. that's that's a home court advantage. That's for sure. That's for sure. That's for sure. So how do you incorporate that into DJing games? And how do you make sure you're not right? There's that fine line of you don't want to step on the fans because if they're super excited, I don't want to drown them out. But you also want to use that to your advantage. How do you go about doing that? So I do pregames, so I don't do anything during the game. Okay, got it. So um, I guess, I mean, I think it kind of makes sense. If the fans are really loud, we want to minimize the, you know, extra stuff, music and, you know, prompts, stuff like that. You know, just because the players, they can connect with the crowds and also the, you know, the opposing team when they come and they realize how loud things are, you know, it kind of will get into your head and that's going to be an advantage for us. I love it. Um, so you do pregame. Do you do halftime too or just pregame? Pre-game. So I do two things. So I do yeah. pre-games and also I help them with their social media video content. So I help okay. them choose music for those things. Let's say they're making a video for a specific player. I will um, guide them into what I think this player will like so we can make the video like that. Because I talk to the players and I kind of understand what they like. So when they're making videos like that, so I kind of, you know, talk to the producers and help them choose what's going to make sense um and also what kind of beat we can post online because you know we have licenses and all that stuff so yeah you know how to create things like that so that's that's you know end game and also behind the scenes stuff 
Very cool. Um, were you doing stuff similar to that prior to getting the gig with Utah? Like, were you involved in video, music, um, marketing, that kind of stuff? Or did that just... No, definitely not. Um, I, I mean, I produce a little bit, things like that. But um, helping, this, that was a whole new thing for me. Helping with, you know, in-game content, all the videos they have on uh, Jumbotron and also social media, which is kind of like a new thing right now for everybody. And when it comes to like, you know, sports, how to create nice content videos and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, can, I guess it's, it's just right time. I, you know what I mean? Just came in and mixing, you know, I have to, I have to help with things like that. And I enjoy it too. So. I was literally having a conversation with somebody the other day about like describing a DJ's like job description and what you just said right there. It's more than just playing music. You have so much more knowledge that can be applied to so many other things, but it's hard to like, how do I write that on an application form? It's like, yeah, I DJ for a living, but I've had 20 plus years of music experience. So I can add that knowledge to X, Y, and Z. And it comes into marketing and knowing what the players want to hear, as opposed to this will help the players. This might help the fans. There's so much more knowledge that uh, I'm, I love to hear that you're doing more than just the DJ and using those skills for other things too. Exactly. I, I guess for me, my answer is I always say people, I'm a vibe curator. So I help to cure the vibe. So it, it, the, the, the setting doesn't really matter or how I'm doing it, but it's just, you know, using my experience and my ears to help me, you know, bring the vibe that's necessary or that's needed for that, you know, experience that we're trying to create. So, yeah, because every event is different. I saw that you do weddings, you mm -hmm. do school events, you actually mm -hmm. do speaking engagements that we'll talk about too. So, how do you, what's the difference for you when you're doing, let's say, a corporate event or a wedding event and then DJing pregame for the jazz? So, I guess for me, I always like to know how can I help them. So, that's the first question I always ask when I get, when I talk to a client Hey, how can I help you? what are your vision what are you looking for and why do you need a dj so based on that i'll have an idea how i can help to help them if i can't i'll let them know but if i can i'll definitely be like hey this is what i will bring on the table and this is also a couple of ideas what i think will go nicely with what you envision and if this is something you want to do definitely let's go for it so that's kind of how i bring my expertise to it um corporate events a little different you know they have like more theme parties stuff like that so you know bringing experience from different kind of event and just to help them create an experience for you know their clients or their employees and just to make sure people have a good time so that's that's the end goal i always ask what's the end goal what do you want yeah. to happen what do you how do you want to how, how do you want to feel at the end of the night so based on that and then we'll just work backward and figure out how we can implement music and not just music, but also um, lighting and staging and all that stuff just to help the whole environment and create a, a great experience. I'm always going after the experience. And I like that you ask clients that because all of them have a vision of what they think their event is going to be like. Mm -hmm. And that can be different than what I actually think it is just based on what they told me mm -hmm. via like email or whatever. So then talking to them, it's like, okay, you are saying this, but you really want that. Like as a DJ, you can tell 
read between the lines of like, they're saying this, but they really mean this. And I can, I can do that as well. I like that you approach it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It helps me a lot. So I, I'm not going to, uh, to a meeting, like knowing and everything. I, I need to know what you want. So of course. that's going to be how we start the conversation. And based on that, we'll, you know, we'll know if we're a good fit or not. And if I can't do what you're trying me to do, I, I would more than happy refer you to someone else who's I, more absolutely. than capable to do it. Yeah. And that's being a professional DJ, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's also a privilege. Like, I'm at the point where I can turn things down. Mm-hmm. But if it's a gig that I know that I'm not going to be the best DJ for you, let me help you find that right person. Like, there's some things I'm just, I can't, I'm, I can't do young, like, I'm, I wouldn't be very good at a high school slash middle school event. I know that about myself. Mm-hmm. Like, that yeah. would be my forte. So I'll pass that on to somebody else. It's, yeah, those were tough. Like, I, I don't do high school stuff, too. Like, it, I tried a couple of times, and I realized it's, it's a whole different energy that um, I would rather, you know, spend my energy doing something else where I'm, I know I will be able to bring more value to those people. And, you know, have a younger DJ do those things because they're probably more connected to that crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how did you get the jazz gig there? How did you get um, involved with him? So to be honest, to be honest, I think, I don't know for sure, but my theory is just, um, it's just part of the journey where you just, um, it works over time. And I didn't start DJing yesterday. I started when I was 15. Mm-hmm. So when I came to the U.S. when I was 19, and I started DJing when I was 15, 16. So I had to start all over again when I got here because I didn't know anyone. And I came here for school. So my focus was more on school. Then I realized, hey, I want to keep teaching. How can I create um, what I was doing before, but here and starting from scratch, not knowing anyone, no friends, no promoters. I couldn't even go to the club. I wasn't even 21. Um, yeah. It got yet. So it, 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 that's the journey, but I, I kept going at it. And I think that's the key. You keep going at it and you can, I kept asking myself this question. How, who can I serve? Who can I DJ for besides just what I, every DJ thinks they can do, which is going to the club. There's so much more you could do as a DJ. So much more. Yeah. So one day I just, you know, took my pen and paper. I was like, okay, like what else can I do with music? And then I realized I could, you know, you could do birthday parties, you can do baby showers, you could do weddings, you could do corporate events, private events, you could do almost festivals, you could do, then I realized I could do sports, I could do, and I'm like, okay, now I'm opening up this whole thing to a whole new world. And it's just, now I'm, I'm promoting myself different now. Because I understand that in order for me to attract those people, I need to let them know I'm able to do certain things. So I'm yeah. putting myself, you know, marketing and putting myself in a position to do things like this and networking and also being professional. Every, even if I have a gig, even if there's two people, I make sure I'm on time. I'm doing my best because you never know who's listening. You never you know. Never know. <laughs> you yep. never know who's there, who's watching. And I think those things add up over time. And it's just over the years and if if you're doing something good and i'm not trying to blend in with anyone i'm not trying to do what everyone else is doing i'm just trying to be me and i'm i don't have any competition i'm just trying to be better than i was yesterday that's it everybody's going to do their own thing um not everybody's going to hire me and i understand that you know everybody has a different style but for me i know with my background i will come with a different energy because you know i from haiti it was a lot of reggae reggaeton house music and some hip hop, 
But when I got here, I realized I had to learn 90s, 80s, 70s, <laughs> and all that stuff. Then I was like, okay. So now I have all this background, plus everything, you know, more American stuff, mainstream stuff like that. And I realized, okay, now I think with, I have it, my package is going to be, you know, a little different. So how can I market that to let people know, hey, this guy is unique. The experience you're going to get from this guy is unique. And then over time, I just keep going at it, you know what I mean? Doing those things as far as going to places, you know, introducing myself, networking, finding out um, how I can play in different places that people won't think DJ would be there. But guess what? I was there because I, I would understand. I will probably probably be the only DJ there. So that's going to be an advantage for me. So let's say I go to a real estate conference, right? And I'm the only DJ there. Who do you think they're going to, you know what I mean? I'm going to stand out because they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that was the only, that was the DJ I met so, um, at that place. So doing little things like this and then, you know what I mean? And when things got tough, I just, you know, um, kept going. I just didn't give up because I, I've seen people do things. And I, you know, when it's your own journey, it's, sometimes it's hard to to keep going at it and knowing that it's going to happen for you, but eventually something's going to happen. Was it playing for the Jazz? I had no idea because I, like I said before, I've only been to one game before playing with them. So, and I don't really watch basketball like that before that. So I was like, okay, um, I'm positioning myself to a place where I think um, companies started calling me. Um, I did something for um, JetBlue, I think, something like that. Then I realized, okay, something must be working. So I'm, I need to look, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And then just keep improving myself. And then um, one day, and then I got a call. I was like, hey, we saw you online. We like your page. We would love to, are you interested to come down and talk to us? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, shoot. I know they had a DJ. So I was like, okay, let me start back. Yeah, I, I know they have a DJ, right? So yeah. I, that's not something I'm, I'm not going to go in there and say, okay, how can I replace this guy? No, I'm just doing my thing. And whatever happened to that guy, I have no idea. And I still don't oh, yeah. know. And they, they reached out to you. It's not they reached out to me. Exactly. Yep. That, that, that's the key. They reached out to me. And it's, so I'm like, okay, now I understand that if that's why I always tell other teachers, like if you focus on yourself and improving, someone that's going to see value in you is definitely going to call you because when they need you, when they think you can help them, they're going to reach out. So it's, I think that's what happened. And when I got there, and the first question I asked is, hey, how can I help you? Um, what do you need me for? Um, and um, what, how does the, this whole thing work? Because I had a lot to learn. So, and I did um, summer league um, in the summer. We have basketball summer league. And, oh, that's that probably helped a lot. And then, you know, I played well. And I, it was three days back to back. I played and, I, you know, I was there on time, I, you know, looking fresh and stuff like that. And the music was on point. Um, and also I went in there and they know I'm up represent myself as a business, I have my contract, I have my stuff. You know what I mean? It's the whole package was professional. professional yep. You know what I mean? So they was like, yeah. And then I was like, okay, cool. And then I, and then um, a couple months later, like, hey, would you be interested in in, in um, DJing for the season and in um, helping us with the DJs, the some of the players really liked you and stuff like that, which I had no idea about. I just went in there, did my thing, and then no expectation also. So I'm not expecting people, hey, come yeah. back or anything like that. Just do your thing and then keep doing you and then my 
And then next thing you know, I was on the court. I was like, damn, this is crazy. I remember a couple of years ago, I was sitting up and uh, yeah, uh, up at the, er, top. At the yeah. top. And now I'm in the, <laughs> on court. I'm like, wow, this is. You're this like, is and they're paying me to be And they're paying me the to be here. Yeah, it's very crazy. But I mean. So was this season your first season? Yeah, that was my first season. Got first, it. I mean, half season, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was. That's what I was about to say. Like you're in the middle of your season, and all of a sudden it changes for all of us, right? Except for the four DJs that went to Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you don't even really have anything to compare it to. Like, oh, here's what a normal full season is like, and then here's what this past season was like. I have no idea. I have yeah. no idea. And one thing I think I know I did right is I traveled to New York because the team was going to play New York just mm-hmm. to see how the other DJs were was doing, yeah. how I was playing because I. It's just, and I went on Google, YouTube, just trying to get all this information I could get, follow people on Instagram, just to see how they do things. Um, and then, you know, bring my own vibe to, to the whole thing and how I do my own thing and just trying to be professional and and that, that was it. But hopefully next season will, I, I, I still don't know how next season is going to be. So no, I, don't think, I don't think the NBA does either. I think yeah. It's, no. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be interesting, but if, if and when we open back, I'm looking forward to um, do my thing and help the fan have a good time and also help the player be in the right mindset with music. So when they're playing, you know, they're having a good time and, you know, hopefully you win a game. I keep hearing you use the word professional and I'm sure you know a lot of DJs that are not just like I do. Um, but was that something that your parents instilled in you about how to act professional? Did you have a DJ mentor or just something like, no, this is how I just, this is just how I want to be. Do you know where that came from for you? Cause a lot of people, I, I asked that cause a lot of people look at DJing as like a hobby, which is not, which is not a bad thing at all whatsoever. It's like, Oh, this is my side gig. I don't, it's, I'm just playing music. But mm-hmm. when you're somebody like us, where this is what I do is this is my full-time job mm-hmm. that I'm a professional at this and I need to act professional. So I'm not going to get more gigs. So mm-hmm. where did that drive come for you? Um, it's just, um, taking what I do seriously. Um, I know DJ, yeah, people can say, yeah, you play music, but I don't take, I take what I do seriously, but I know yeah. I'm, I'm also having fun doing it. Yeah. It's, uh, we're getting paid to play music. That's it, fun. It, that's it's fun. Yeah. Music. But you, you, I, I do what I'm, what I'm, when I'm doing it, I do it seriously yeah. because if people are paying you for something, I don't want to. I respect you and, and I value your time and your your um, decision to hire me for something. And also I had a mentor when I was studying and when I was 16, 17, this guy was always, always on time. And he, he was always at every event, couple hours before uh, everything started. And I was like, wow, he's the best at that, at that time. He was the best DJ and he's always there a couple hours before and all the DJs are coming in 30 minutes before trying to, you know, plug in. And he's probably not getting paid for those two hours. For those two hours, no. And he's he's like, he's helping with other things. He's helping with the lighting. Hey, we should put it here. We should. He's he's doing sound check and all that stuff. Then I realized, wow, he he's providing more than he's getting paid for. And I think that's the key. Once you can provide more than you get paid for, and you will be rewarded in the future. And mm -hmm. sorry, continue if you. My bad. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was like, little things like this, cues like that, and me always asking myself this question, how can I improve? How can I get better? How can I serve more? And how can I be more of value? And can I bring more value every time I come out? Um, and then, you know, just figuring out also, you know, 
learning from other DJs, see what they're doing, um, going to seminars, um, everything I can. I'm always learning. Because always learning. Always learning. Thing. That's the key. Always learning. Yep. Because the DJ I am today, I don't want to be the same DJ next year. No way. No. I want to be much better because that's how it works. You become better and you're going to get paid more in result of that and you're going to be more valuable and people are going to recognize you and you're going to have more fun too because you're going to be in the zone when you're doing what you're doing, less stress and more reward. That's what I want. I'm glad you say that too. I tell a lot of DJs, the more you prepare, the more you practice, the more you do the things behind the scenes when you're at the event, there's mm. less stress for mm. you. Cause it's not like, Oh, where am I going to go from here? This crowd doesn't want this. Like, mm. cause sometimes like I get like stress can be overwhelming and then your mind can just go blank. Like, Oh my gosh, I don't know where to go from here. Right. Like if you're super stressed about it. So we do more work behind the scenes. Than behind the scene. Yeah. See, Mo right? Most of the work is behind the scene. Of course. 90%. Because when you're there, you already know what you got to do and you know, you can adapt based on what's, what's in front of you. But um, if you don't have your cues, you're trying to put cues at the, you know, while you're looking for the next song, come on. Too late. Too so, late. It's already yeah. too late. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to be ready. You got And you stay ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your whole process, if you download music every weekend or every day, I don't know how it, um, Ugh, there's so much music. Every yeah, so, so much music. music so yeah, you just get ready. For me, like it takes more time for me to get ready than at every event. Like of when I have something to do. Like it, sometimes it takes me like two days just to really feel like, yo, I got this. I got my place. I got all my everything set, and I'm. I even practice what I want to do, and just yep. to make sure. And when I get there, it's almost like I can close my eyes closed. Well, it's also too like you. I'm sure that you've come across this. I've gone to events where even the event is like, Hey, we want this type of music. And then I get there and they're like, Oh, Hey, we're going to go this direction. Mm. It's like, if you're not prepared mm. for those kind of things or done enough events to be like, okay, I can pivot. Then like, I, I mean, I've literally gone to events where it's the almost the opposite of the genre they told me they wanted. And I'm like, okay, well, it's a good thing I've been doing this for 20 some odd years or else I never would have known or been prepared to do that. Exactly. And yeah. that's that that that's when you know you know what you're doing because sometimes a client they think, okay, or or I guess they want this type of music. But as a DJ, you can read the crowd and realize, totally. hey, this is not working. I need to pivot to something else real quick. And I think uh and let me know if you agree or disagree, but I think reading the crowd is the toughest part of being a DJ. I can teach anybody how to use the equipment, yeah. I can give you all of my music and I can make a playlist for you. But knowing what song to play when, I think is tough, and that's something that you just need experience for. It's hard yeah. to, it's hard I, to learn. That. I think that's the art form of teaching when you can read a crowd and you're playing the right song at the right time, and every song is like bang, bang, bang. We're like, damn, what's wrong with this DJ? So good. When that, that's when I know I'm, I'm doing something right. When people are just hanging yep. out there dancing, and the next song they look at you, wow, woo, you know what I mean? That's how did the DJ know. <laughs> yo, how did you know? Right how did you know? You know what I mean? When they're looking at you, you're making the eye contact. I'm like, yo, I got you. Things like that. Yeah. You know, it's it comes with experience. That's for sure. Experience yeah. and and some nights it's it's just you try everything and then you're like, okay, I mean, damn. It's my no. favorite comments are, man, I was about I was trying to leave an hour ago. But you kept playing all of my favorite songs. Oh my goodness! So leave exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Think little things like this. You know, it comes with experience. And I think um, as if if you're DJing and you keep going at it over time, you're gonna have you're gonna develop the skill to be able to read the crowd. And that's why I create the vibe for the moment and understand the energy and who's in front of you, and so you're not going south when everybody's going north. 
Yep. And every gig is different. Even different. every Utah pregame is you can make the, you could play the same the songs you played Friday night. You could play Sunday in the exact same order, and it's going to be a different reaction. Exactly. It's yep. every night for me is different. Every yep. night is different. I feel like I have, and personally, I don't like to just come out with the same thing every time. Yeah. Every game, I, I I'm looking for something. I think that I could have done better last time to implement for the next game and then just test it. Sometimes I'm testing things too, just of to course. see, you know, what, what reaction I'll get from what and next time I can mix it up. And every night is different. It's just it, because it's not the same people every night. So correct. Um, it's, 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 that's the, ch- the challenge part. And the, I think the best part also when it's pushing you to, to your limits and to understand, Hey, you need to be on your toes to, to be able to, you know, bring the vibe for the crowd because once I do the, the warm-up and then people start coming in, they open the doors, and then I kind of have to switch it up a little bit to more yeah. um, open mainstream stuff. Um, then you, you can see how the kids are moving now. Um, the parents are dancing, stuff like that. And, and and the older people, until the game, and then I switch it back when the players come. And you can it, – it's almost like someone's – Switch, um, switching uh, yeah. switch, and then the, you can feel like okay, the whole vibe is changing. They're changing the light, and the, the sound is louder, and stuff like that. Players coming out, the energy is strong. People are ready to go, and I, I, I love it, man. It's a whole vibe. Yeah, it's almost like you have you're like when the vibe changes with the music, it's a moment. Like hey, the vibe just changed. Things are about to <laughs> happen. About right go, now. Like, yeah, what's to it come out? Yeah, what's to come out? Everybody paying attention. If you're sitting, it's time to stand up. We're ready to go. Let's make some noise for a team and. You know, let's encourage those guys to get a W tonight. I love that feeling and I miss it greatly right now. (laughs) I I enjoy watching on TV. I think they've done a great job. I know the DJs in Orlando. I know a few of them. I know their job was extremely tough, but I think they've handled it really well, right? Like, they've had to play mute, know how to play music for every single team Uh, that was mm. down in the bubble. And that's, that's, Mine, they should have sent more than four DJs. That's that would have been my recommendation. Whether I was one of them or not is irrelevant to me, but uh, they've done a great job down there. Um, you were born and raised in Haiti. Yep, you said you started DJing around 16. How did you get into DJing? So I got into DJing because, um, I think my mom she used to throw um house parties for us and our neighbors almost like every two weeks just to, cool. to hang out, have fun. And next thing you know, I was always behind. No, I had a radio. We had a radio first. Yeah. So I was always handling the music for some reason. Ask me why. I don't know. But I was, you know, looking for songs and figure out what can, what kind of song we can play so we can dance all night, stuff like that. And then we switched to um, computers. I had, um, what's the name of this platform? It's a um, media player or something like that. Oh yeah, Windows yeah, Media Windows, yeah. So you you could have uh, you had a whole little playlist on the side, and then um, that's why I studied, you know, at home just playing music stuff like that. And then now we had a had a computer, and I was able to burn CDs and stuff like that. So I I went to, I started going to school, and then I was like, yo, I got all the new song that I downloaded from um, um, online, and then I you know I used to burn CDs for people and stuff like that. And then they used, people used to come to my house more often because we had the party, we had food, we had, you know, all the neighbors, kids, and stuff like that. And next thing you know, I was getting better at just creating a better place every time. And next thing you know, people having fun. And then one day someone was like, hey, my school is doing a party. Do you want a DJ? I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And then I realized- You what? weren't even thinking that DJ, <laughs> like you were just playing music. You were Playing like, oh, music, playing music. Yeah. So the day of, I was, I was shaking. 
I was like, of course. Why, why did I say <laughs> yes to this? Whose idea was this? <laughs> Who's, this? Who, who told me to do that? I was shaking seriously. I had a headache. My stomach was hurting and everything. Yeah. Then I went and I was like, okay, it wasn't that bad. I knew what I was, I, it's not like I knew what I was doing, but I, I've been doing this for a couple of parties and it's almost going to be the same type of kid. It was just a different setting. It wasn't at home yeah. anymore. It was like somewhere else and, and a lot of people I didn't know. Um, and then I started going and then um, starting learning and then I, someone introduced me to a virtual DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started, you know, I was so into it. 24-7. And virtual DJ, you can just do on the laptop or on the computer. computer. Right? You don't yeah. need equipment. You don't yeah. need anything. You don't yeah. need anything. I didn't yeah. I didn't have anything. I just started virtual yeah. DJ. Yeah. So I studied like that. And then I was on it before class, after class, after school. I was just trying to learn the software and learn how it works, learn mixing, beat matching, stuff like that, four beat, eight beat, stuff like that. Um, and while you were in school, were teachers getting mad at you because you were thinking about DJing Yo, and I, like, hey, pay attention over here? That's all I was thinking about. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I, I don't even know what they were talking about. To of be course. Honest. <laughs> that's what I was thinking about. And and every time I was, I feel like I was mixing better. And then I, I um, also downloaded um, FL Studio. I was making yep. beat, stuff like that. And I was like, yo, this is a whole world. Like, I, I'm very curious. I want to know everything about it. And then... I've, um, there was the DJ that I talked about in the beginning. He was really good. He also was using virtual DJ, but he, he had a, a whole set of um, sort of, um, techniques he was oh, yeah. using and doing all that stuff. So I went to his house and then he was teaching me little things here and there. And I was always going, always learning. And every party was there. Guess who was standing next to him? Me learning, seeing what button he was uh, pushing. Um, how he was mixing things and when he was playing certain songs, then I started to understand all the psychology behind um, being a DJ, not playing all the good stuff at the beginning when no one is there. But you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Um, if if you're playing with a different DJ, next thing you know, they're playing all the hits. It's There's so much music out there. No one should so worry about any DJ coming in playing all the hits at the beginning. That's not something to worry about. You can change the whole vibe and everybody yep. forget about he played everything and then you bring it back. And then it's like, he, he was never even there. All those things I realized over time. And then um, after high school, I moved to, to Utah. And then that's when my life changed. Because and you said you moved to Utah for school? Is that For right? school, yeah, yeah. For school. So I moved here and then everything just stopped. No friends. Yeah, because DJ is word <laughs> is word of mouth, right? Like, it's word of mouth. Yes. No one knew me. I didn't know anyone. Correct. Yep. So it's just stop overnight. As soon as I landed in Salt Lake City Airport, done. It, it felt like I was like, you know what? This is my past. Had you been to Utah prior to going no, there for school? No, so I've never been to the go, West Coast at all. I've it. you know used to travel to East Coast, New York, Florida, um, stuff like that, even Canada, but never been to the West Coast. Uh, Salt Lake City is completely different than anything on the East Coast or where uh, I am on the West Coast. West Coast. I, I, I'm well aware. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. when I landed, I was like, whoa, what's happening around? What's going on? And I try to go out to meet people. It was so different, so weird. The way people are in Iraq is very different. Like back home, it's more like it's more friendly when I got here. So it was a little different. And then for me, my mind was always about teaching. Like, how can I? start playing at parties. I don't care if I'm playing for free. It doesn't matter. I need people to know that I'm here now. 
Yeah, you got to get the word out. And that took a long time, maybe like two, three years until I started getting some recognition in the university that I was going to. I went to Weaver State. Um, I started doing their international parties. I started doing their like um, prom, something like that, Halloween parties, stuff like that. And then as an international student, I was international before, I couldn't get paid and I couldn't work outside of campus. Oh, because you're international. I was an international student. So imagine me trying to go outside and I can't, and I can only, only rely on a few events a year to show enough people that I can DJ. That was rough, bro. That was tough. But I didn't let that stop me. I was doing house parties at home. I was, you know, going to other people's places when they have house parties and just go DJ. Um, and then finally, they were just willing to pay me on campus for every event I did the last year. And I was like, wow, this is As crazy. As they should have. As they should have service. since the beginning. Yeah. But they, it's, it's just they couldn't because you can only work on campus if yeah. you're um, – but it has to be like an eight hours shift. I don't know, whatever. But as like yeah. one time thing, it, I think they, there's a law they have to, I don't know, whatever. But well, there's also, I've worked for some colleges. There's so much red tape and forms they have to fill out to mm -hmm. pay anybody. Like there's, I can't imagine, like yeah. just writing a one-off check you think would be that simple, but it's not. It's not, it's not, it's not that simple. And for me, it wasn't even about the check. I just wanted to to be out there and do what I want to do, do what I love yeah, you doing. Expose yourself. Expose most so because exposure is very important. Like expose myself. Um, I also, uh, we had a, like a silly string competition. <laughs> it was a festival, but yeah. silly string festival was, it was one of the biggest in, in Salt Lake City, but they had a competition where like, Hey, we're going to post something. Whoever DJ has the most um, comments is going to win a spot to DJ at ours because they wanted to promote their event. So that was their way of doing it. Yep. I had my laptop. I walked around campus for a whole week asking people, hey, can you log in into your Facebook? Comment. Comment, because I'm trying to win this thing. Yo, standing in front of classes, just trying to get two, three people just to sign up for me. I had like, I think I had uh, maybe 1,200 comments, something like that, in a whole week. And then I was able to win that competition. I was like, damn. This is this is what I need to do just to put my name out there, and I did. Yep. And then they did a nice video for me, and then I had I only played for like thirty minutes. It wasn't even that long, but just just to grind. And then and then um, I kept going on it, and I was like, "Yo, this is what I need to do. Even if I have to do extra work, I'm willing to do it because this is something I'm working on, and I'm getting better over time. And I know if I keep going, I, something's gonna happen eventually. So, and you put in all that hard work. That's what. DJs like I'm not a proponent of like oh you should always do free gigs but especially at the beginning you need to let people know and then if the gig is something that's going to give you exposure like there's that balance like yeah it's enough exposure for me to do for whatever then yeah I mean so you having to grind to get your name out there there's so many people that you probably got comments from that didn't know you were a DJ that then now you then now they know, know and who they told and guess what now they follow me on my Facebook page too <laughs> so exactly. it's a win-win for me anyway it's you have the way I see it is you, it's an investment. Okay. Yep. Even if, okay, I give my time for a little free. So what? 30 minutes is nothing. But everything I'm gaining from that, like they gave me a video and I got exposure from all the thousand people that were there. Even if they saw me for 30 minutes, someone's going to remember remember me 
and f I got more um, people following me on Facebook, stuff like that. So I got more parties. So whenever I'm doing something now, people will be like, hey, that was a DJ that did the silly string stuff. Oh, wow, he's good. They don't even know me like that. All of a sudden, he's good just because I was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, yeah, there's a balance for sure. That's just called being smart. Being smart and, and understanding business also. Now, if someone is doing an event and they're saying, hey, yeah, we're charging 100 bucks a ticket, and then can you come for free? I'm like, hey, no, nah, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? That's just nah. That's not going to happen. But let's say someone like Lizzo told me, hey, I'm, I'm, do you want to open for me? I'm going to have 50,000 people coming. I'm going to fly. I'm already yeah. on the plan. The yeah. airport is right there. I'm already driving. Yeah, like, I'm already here. <laughs> I'm already here. Let's go. My laptop is on. Like, all I got to do is press play. Let's go. That's so you know, funny. understanding That's those so little true. things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's that balance too, right? Of like, you get to a certain point in your career where it's like, I will pick and choose things that I do free stuff choose. for, whether it's a friend that I'm happy to do stuff for or a charity that I want to be involved with. Mm -hmm. No problem. Whether they do anything for me or not, there's some people that I'm willing to mm -hmm. do that kind of stuff for. But there is that balance because, you know, I have 20 plus years of experience that I'm bringing to the table. Whether Dude. you think your event is that big of a deal or not, I'm still mm -hmm. bringing all that experience with me. Exactly. Um, and your time is valuable too. Absolutely. That's it. That, and that's more valuable than money, period. So your time is valuable. It's, it, if they value your time, that's fine, even if you're doing yeah. for free. But if they think they can just finesse you and say, hey, we're going to have this DJ. He's going to come for free. Nah, I, I'm not about that. But Especially when you're using my name it, that brings value, mm -hmm. but you, you don't want to give me any value. Any so value. I'm, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to do that. No, one. no. I, I, and, and a lot of people, they, 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 they think they're smart. They want to do that. Of course. And for me, that's why I'm like, hey, um, I'm going to send you the contract. And sometimes, as soon as I say that, then the next thing you know, they're just nowhere to be found. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. I guess, I guess you're not that serious because for me, yeah. it's serious because this is my livelihood. You know what I mean? I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't start yesterday. So yeah. I can't just say, hey, I'm going to come here and do things for free. Sometimes I do things for free because I want to do it, not because I need yeah. to or because you said, you're going to give me exposure and next thing you know, all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, exposure, I'm coming. Nah. Well, and you're a professional, right? Like even some of the free gigs I do, I'm still working with professionals. So professional. it's a professional event is professionally done. And, you know, it's, this is my livelihood. I, you know, I don't ask you to do your job for free. So mm -hmm. Exactly. And yeah. yeah, those events, you get to network with other professionals of course. in your yeah, industry yeah. that you probably wouldn't have no idea about. And now they know you, you're connected with them. And maybe one day you're like, hey, we have something for you. And next thing you know, it's going to pay off whatever you did for free. Yeah, there's that balance too. It's like, you know what? This is actually will be good exposure for me or the potential for exposure. Because mm -hmm. there's some gigs that I've done that I thought there was going to be exposure and nothing happened. Nothing like, happened, yeah. I still look at it as I was still working my craft. And you right. Just, like you said, you never know who's there. Who's there. You know, yep. And I take it as seriously as I do for the highest paying gig I've ever gotten. Right. So just, yeah. I'm going to take a quick break to tell you all about Mix for Change. Mix for Change is a organization I am involved with. And all we're asking you to do is if you're an eligible voter and you're not registered to vote, just register to vote. Go to mixforchange.com. That's M-I-X, the number four, change.com. All you have to do is click register to vote and you're good to go. That's all I ask. All right. Now back to my conversation with DJ June. So when you were at school during like breaks and semesters or holidays would you go back home or would you stay yeah i would go back home okay i would go back home so and oh one thing i'm gonna add so when i just got here i would go back home and then i would still dj a little bit back home and then over time 
no one would hire me back home <laughs> because, because because I wasn't there anymore. Oh, so they had new DJs coming in and yeah. stuff like that. So I wasn't there the whole year. And over time, I wouldn't be hired back home and I wouldn't be hired. I wasn't being hired here. Yeah. So it was a weird feeling like, damn, I'm <laughs> I'm not I don't have anything back there. And I, I'm now I have to build something here, but I still don't have anything here. Knowing that I was in a position where I had something almost every weekend. And I know for sure I was making more than all my classmates because I was I was DJing almost every weekend. It's yeah. not a lot of money, but it's from for what I was doing. It was just like, yo, this guy is, is in every billboard and stuff like that. And that was that was a great feeling. What was the moment where you had you felt comfortable like, oh, this DJ thing, I'm getting enough work, I'm getting paid enough that this is like a job. This is my profession, as opposed to like, oh, I just do it for friends on the weekends or whatever, like where you felt comfortable of I don't need to go home to do gigs. I'm already I'm here all the time doing events. Was there a moment for you? Inside, I always took it that serious, to be honest. Yeah. When I started you know i looked for names and a couple of friends helped me find a good name um and then um i quickly got my a website built even if when i didn't really use it in the beginning i know i had to save all those names like all my instagrams dj june i don't have zero three and be after because yep. i i'm like I'm, I'm gonna need to take this thing as seriously as possible because if someone's willing to pay me now what What's gonna happen in two, three years from now if I keep going? You know what I mean? If 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 I'm in high, if I'm six, seventeen, eighteen, and someone say, "Hey, I'm gonna pay you hundred bucks for a couple hours," then I'm like, "What if I keep going?" The next thing I'm, people they, they're gonna be willing to pay me way more. So I have to take this thing seriously. And I had contracts and all those things I learned from my other DJ friends too. You know, contracts and everything. Yeah. So, um, but when I was at school, I couldn't really have everything legally as far as having a business um, license and stuff like that until I got out of inner because you're an international student and yeah. a citizen of the United States. Is that yeah. Until I became a citizen and then I formed yeah. a business um, and then I have an LLC and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Cause you were probably here on a student visa as a student to visa. Exactly. Visa. Yeah. Got so okay. yeah. And then when I got out of school, I was able to get my citizenship. And then as soon as I got it, I had everything all set up for me, my website, my thing now I was able to actually promote myself to like more companies and things like that because they're gonna ask you, hey, do I have an EAI number or social security? Yep. I can't go there promoting myself and say, uh no. So I was kind of waiting. It's like there was a gate in front of me, right? Yeah. And I was waiting behind the gate. I still have the door open. Seriously, I started running like your symbol. Yep. Of course. I started running as fast as I can because I knew I had something in my hand. I had to keep going as fast as I can. And next thing you know, things started coming in. Um, people were reaching out through my website, social media is big, Instagram, stuff like that. Um, referrals, word of mouth, networking, um, and then just putting myself out there. And eventually, you know, you start creating like a connecting yourself to different, um, industries, like, a, you know, web link. And next thing you know, people were reaching out. And I think a couple, two years ago, I asked myself this question. Do you want to be the most famous DJ or you want to be the most valuable DJ at Salt Lake? And I'm like, I, I want to be the most valuable DJ in Salt Lake. I don't care about fame. I want to be valuable because if I'm going to take this thing seriously, I need to make enough money to sustain my um, yep. lifestyle. You know what I mean? 
And, and fame, fame comes and goes too. It comes and goes, exactly. But if I can keep working on the value and become more valuable over time, then I realize, damn, that's what I need to do, period. And the rest is just whatever. Right? If, if I have 1,000 followers, so be it. If I have two, it doesn't matter really because if I'm valuable, the right people are going to always be attracted to what I do. Correct. I like that too, because especially when you're talking about being professional, like if you want to work with other professionals, you too need to be professional. Exactly. I think that might be the theme of this podcast is just being, or this episode is just <laughs> being professional. I love it. Um, I was, uh, when we set this up, I was going through your website, just looking for tidbits and stuff like that. And you have a blog on there that I, I might have read every single blog post you posted up there, but you have a lot of great advice, especially for how to approach a DJ especially stuff for like weddings, mm -hmm. corporate events. Do you get a lot of, do you get any feedback from those? Cause there was some great advice on there of um, that, whether you're a DJ or somebody looking for an event, like I would think they should, they should check that out for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I do have um, people reach out to me and ask me questions and, you know, new DJs and stuff like that. Hey, um, how did you get there? Um, that's why I'm like, hey, just read my blogs. Because yeah. for me, I think, you know, if, if I were through something and I can share with somebody, they, they're going to have their own journey, but they can learn and um, reduce their learning curve and potentially, you know, you know, have a successful career as well. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's um, those advice, I think I, I learned over time, over the years. So I, I feel like it's my responsibility just to, because I know some people are not gonna read it even when it's out there, but I feel like it's my responsibility just put it out there. Because if even if you one DJ or one individual just reads it, I think it's gonna make a difference. And for me, it's always about giving back. Because yeah. when, when I focus on giving, I feel like I get so much more. And I feel like that's a theme with you too. I noticed on your website that you are, um, you're also part of the mentorship board at the University of Utah, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so how did that come about? So um, one day, to be honest, I was just on LinkedIn and someone messaged me. They're like, hey, um, we like your story. That was even before the jazz, stuff like that. Yeah. You like your story. Um, you came um, here. You have a different business career path. And that's what attracted them. Because I was, you know, a DJ is not... How many DJs do people know like that? Not many. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, the DJ that has a DJ at a full-time job also. So I went there and then they, they asked me if I wanted to um, speech in front of the um, freshman for that year um, and, you know, explain my story and let them know, hey, you know what I mean? Life is, you can't create your own path. You just kind of believe it and put the hard work and, and you don't have to do what everybody else is doing and finding out what works for you is key. And I was able to do that. Um, and they said the student really loved it because, you know, when you go to school, it's it's almost like they're training you to just go ask for a job. Yeah, if, of course. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So if, if you have your own business and especially a DJ, you know, you are the one in charge of, you know, promoting yourself, putting yourself out there and doing all the work you got to do. And also over time, you're going to have the freedom to pick and choose what you want to do. Who, you, who do you want to work with? And, you know, you're flexible a little time. Yes, there's a lot of ups and downs. There's no, it's, there's not consistent income every two weeks. I know I got a picture. Sometimes there's one thing, sometimes there's a little more. But for me, it's worth it. And that's what I want to do. So I was able to explain and put it into words. So the students, I'm hopefully, you know, freshman year, 
if someone wants to do a dancer, to be a dancer, you know, just go for it. Like, yep. you know, don't, it, even if you, for me, I went to school for business because I knew I want, I, I wanted to um, be a DJ, but also not just have the talent of DJing, but also put that together as a business also. And I think that's where a lot of DJs stop. They just focus so much on the skill level, how to mix, scratch and all that stuff, but they never make it, make it a business. And it's a whole different thing. You kind well, of have the to, business, then the business side isn't the fun part, right? It's like, not the fun part. I don't yeah. like filling out paperwork. I don't like going through all my books to make sure everything is correct for my tax accountant. But those mm-hmm. are things you have to do. You have to do. And, yeah. and so I was able to do that. And then, um, they, so based on that speech that I gave, um, one of the mentorship program leader like hey would you be interested to mentor a student um i was like yo why not i want to do it i want to be a mentor um i'm not here to tell people what to do but i can definitely share my story and hopefully that would inspire them to to take action into what they want to do so what does the mentorship uh consist of are you talking to them once a week once a month is it like you get assigned a student every semester no so that's that's my first year okay Okay. And um, since COVID, I haven't really met the guy yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we had one um, Zoom um, meeting with uh, everybody. And we, I guess we were supposed to be meeting like every month, once a month, and I'll at least have two conversations every two weeks. Depends on how you're comfortable you feel with the person. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but since it, it, it's kind of weird and different now, so hopefully things will get better. But um, he has my number, he has my email. And if he has any questions, he can ask me. And if I can help, I'll definitely help him. And if I can bring him into something I'm doing, just to show him, hey, this is my process. Um, this is what I do. This is how I talk to people. This is how I engage. This When I go into a room, I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. I'm just yeah. be me. I just go in and let people know, hey, I'm in the building. And not in a way that I'm screaming, but in a way that I am present and I am mindful of what's going on in front of me. Speaking of COVID, what is it like in the Salt Lake area? In Los Angeles, I still feel like everything's pretty much closed down, but like are venues open? Are you able to DJ out at all whatsoever? What's it like for you? Um, things are op- op- opening up back up, but to be honest, it's it's not worth for me to be out there that much yet. Yeah. Um, there's a couple bars open, a couple clubs open, but my focus right now is not really on those things. I want to be able to... I'm I'm more focused on things with a higher value than what's going on right now because I feel like um, it's still not work for me to be out there like that every yeah. weekend and just playing club stuff. So, but things are opening back up a little bit, and Salt Lake, uh, I don't know. I I still feel like people need to take it that seriously. So, <laughs> so yeah. it's yeah, you go to certain yeah, places, yeah. people are not wearing masks, they don't care, and it's just just I don't know. For me, I had it. And uh, back in February, and I'm like, oh, you did? Yeah, I did. So I'm, I'm like, I'm lucky. I'm here, and I know some people didn't make it. So everybody's gonna have a different reaction to it. But I, I will take it seriously. So did you have a mild reaction, or did you have? Was it bad for you? So yeah, I, I was in New York when I got it, and I was, to be honest, I started getting a fever, and I was sweating at night. Um, and then when I came back to Utah, um, I, I was down probably for like five days like down in bed sweating and my temperature was really high and I couldn't really eat that much. I was like, that's so weird. Like, I know this is not normal. Then, yeah. you know, I tested and I was like, yeah, definitely um, COVID. 
but in two weeks after, I still um, I had those symptoms, um, and over time I started getting better. But it, yeah, it's not it's not enjoyable. No, and I, I've known some people that have got it too, and some people everybody's rea- everybody I know there's been different reactions to it. So mm-hmm. it's not, everybody's story isn't exactly the same. It's mm-hmm. uh, I'm definitely taking it seriously. Not going to, yeah, gonna, not no, gonna about that. take it seriously, seriously, because um, even if you're, you know, healthy and you might not, you know, die from it, but you might just give it to someone else. And yeah, somebody next, else could die from it. Exactly. Just, I don't want to be reckless like that. I'm going to take it seriously. And, and hopefully by next year or next six months, I don't know. If the if they're, they're I think they didn't handle the the shutdown yeah you know, too good like in Salt Lake from no, I, I don't yeah. know where because I feel, I feel like it, it was rushed everything was rushed they wanted to come back people were screaming opening up a business and I'm like what's the rush like just calm down let's get this thing straight and then over time some people will still have it but we're gonna reduce the amount of people yeah. that can transmit it and but I don't know yeah I would uh, it's easier said than done right. Uh, mm, exactly. I'd rather overreact than underreact. Mm. Um, but it, it, the uh, yeah, there, I mean, we could go to the political side too. Like, it just feel like some people. I can understand if you're like, well, I'm healthy, I'm, I'm not going to die from it. I understand that feeling, but you don't know if you could give it to somebody else, and you could be like, well, if they're susceptible to it, if I said that word correctly, they should stay home. But that's not the option for everybody. Exactly. So I, you know, again, I, I'm. I'm not the threat of losing my home without working currently. So it's easier for me to say, Hey, I can stay home until we figure this thing out. I understand that that's easier said than done, but mm-hmm. um, I just want what's best for humanity. Uh, yeah. I mean, all be safe and hopefully we can open up safely. Exactly. If we open up safely, everything's going to open up safely. Like yeah. look at the NBA. They had to go all the way to Orlando to create a whole new game and things were different. I don't know how it was there because, you know, I, from what I saw on TV, but it, you still can feel like it's something was missing here. Of course, it's the audience. It's just, it's oh, absolutely. I don't you know, know what I mean? Crowd noise they pump. Yeah, in. I don't know how much you put it in the screen. People would zoom. It was yeah. it was cool to see how creative they got. That that's amazing. Like I think they did a good job pulling it off from what they. It's but it's still going to be different. I don't. Care. Yeah, it's still going to be different. So I was yeah. like, yeah. Do you want? You know what I mean? I know, and a lot of things are going to change from now on. Like now, Instagram live. Um, went crazy for a little bit, yep. you know, back in March and, and April. Everybody was live and it's going now crazy. Now I can't play one song without getting shut nah, down. Now you can't Instagram even play live. one song. It's just <laughs> so many things. And I even did a um, virtual concert. Um, oh, cool. After the, um, the George Floyd thing, we had a little um, concert virtual. Did you do it via Zoom? Or no, another? we did it through YouTube. So what we did, okay. we pre-recorded everything and we didn't have any like um, DJing or anything like that. It yep. was just a local artist. And then yeah. we have, you know, promoting some information and how to, you know, police stuff, whatever. And then, yep. you know, register to, just like Mix for Change, like, register, hey, register, re- to vote. register to vote, be more aware of your community, who's in charge, who's the leader, you know, uh, email your uh, mayor and all that stuff. Things that normal things people don't really pay attention to. So I wanted to put your awareness. You're going about your everyday life that you don't pay attention to that stuff. Until something happens. Until something happens. And and then now people are crying. Yes, going out protesting is cool. But if we're not doing the other stuff, it's almost not. It's it's not enough. That's how I want to put it. Yeah. Um, the voting, you know, as I, I'm, I've lived long enough where I have perspective now, so I know that voting, like your voice does matter. My individual voice might not carry as much weight, but if enough people 
individual voices group, come yeah. together. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how change happens. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm I uh, mix for change. Uh, there's I've probably already talked about it in the break of this podcast when it's official, but mixforchange.com, the number four. Uh, just encouraging people to register to vote. If you're an eligible voter, we want you to vote. Not telling you who to vote for. Um, just want you to register to vote and use your voice. Definitely, and I encourage everybody to do that. So we're not complaining when something doesn't go our way next year. That is correct. Um, absolutely, yeah. It's, I'm nervous. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm nervous. We'll, we'll I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. nervous too, but um, <laughs> I'm more optimist than, than just nervous because I know um, we can't rely on government or other people to take care of our lives. Of um, but we live in a society where some we give power to certain people to take care of some stuff, but we have to educate ourselves into who are we giving this power to. Yeah. And that's the and minimum some, we could do. Correct. And some people do need government help like i'm yes. happy to help people that weren't as privileged as i was growing up being growing into the family that you know all those kind of things that just by luck of the draw right? mm-hmm. like, yeah um, just so being I'm born in the u.s it's freaking lottery so yeah well that, that was actually something i was gonna ask um, <laughs> i know you dj'd when you were in haiti when you were younger but what is the can you notice a difference besides music probably like of djing back home in haiti or in or djing events in the united states I think the main difference was the timing. Um, Sometimes back home, we would go into like four, five, six, sometimes even um, sunrise. Yeah. And it it, it was good. It was fun. Like I had a really good time doing those type of events because it was, and I feel like I I knew a lot of people there and it was like more like a friend environment. And because it was a small place, so it's easy to meet people and it's easy for everybody be your friend, I mean, friend at the time. And then, um, but, um, and we have our own type of music also that we play, you know, compa and then carnival songs and stuff like that. Um, Rabodai, which is also um, Haitian flavor, stuff like that. Those are like really fun and, and it's, people are actually dancing too. So that, I think that was the main difference, but as far as everything else, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, I do notice when I've been out of the United States and played events, like people outside the United States are willing to dance, like, hey, I just want to be here and have a good time. Yeah. As opposed to necessarily, I just want to, I'm here just to be seen that I'm here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, that, I think that was one of the main difference. Like people actually having a good time. Like as soon as the dance floor is open, people are already sweating. I'm like, damn, we just opened yeah. this floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even warmed up. Yeah, I'm not even warmed up. up. I didn't even press play yet. What are you doing here? <laughs> Stuff like that. So it's just, it's good. It's just, I think it's part of a culture. Like we like to dance. We yeah. love dancing. It's just yeah. a big part of a culture, like dancing. So like that. I swear that even when things were not good in the country, if you have a party, everybody's going to be there. It's just that thing that just keep us, I guess, keep us like together. And together. And it's an escape too. Like it's hey, an I'm escape gonna, too. I, I, I'm exactly. Feel good for yep. a few moments, for a few hours. Yeah. Escape and and I think that was really good and I think that's one of the reason why my mom used to throw those parties because we were yeah. escape and we had all friends and we got to you know have a good time create um, those type of memories that I'm still thinking about those things till today. So, I and think, is most of your is most of your family still in Haiti now? Yeah, um, yeah, most of them are still in Haiti. So, on um, my parents and my siblings are in Haiti, but got it. my cousins, everyone else, they they are. Um, they live in the United States. Got it. Cool. Well, DJ June, I appreciate you 
joining the Beat Talks podcast. Um, I always I love getting to talk to other DJs in general, but then other DJs that DJ sporting events because there's not that many of us. Yeah. Um, but before we go, uh, you got some cool merch on your website. I encourage everybody to go to your website, follow you on social media. Uh, what are those places? What's your website? Where can they find you on social media? Um, they can find me um, by looking for DJ June, J-O-U-N-E, at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and YouTube. And if you go on my Instagram, you're going to be able to see all those links to everything else I'm doing. Um, yeah, just follow me there. If you have any questions, just shoot me a message. I'll be more than happy to to answer or help cool and all of all of your pertinent links will be in the description of this podcast so people can just click on them there and uh i appreciate it i hope this isn't the last time we talk i feel like you know you have my number i have yours always stay in touch no for sure we have to because i mean like i said like i learned from my friend and i think i can always learn from anyone else and hopefully they can learn from me too and bring value and help each other and that's how we're going to keep moving forward i don't have all the answers no one does but if I can, you know, help or learn from someone else, eventually we all gonna benefit from that. Absolutely, and I do. I meant to say it earlier, but I like when you said you went to other sporting events to see what other DJs are doing. I, mm-hmm. I like to do the same thing as well too, just because you do it for so long, you can get into a habit. It's like, oh, what's somebody else doing? Just be like, oh, that's inspiring to me as well too. Exactly. And what songs are they playing that I'm not playing, like, or I'm afraid to play? Then I realized, damn, this guy is playing this, and now I can break into different stuff. Yeah, that was eye opening for me. Forgot about. I'm like, how did I forget about that song? (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, that's really good. Just go out there for me. That's one thing I I think I usually do at least once a month. I just go out just to listen. Yeah. I I appreciate being on the. Yeah, just go out to listen, just to learn. Yeah, just to learn. Yeah. Well, I appreciate being on the podcast. You're very inspiring to me that you're out there doing mentorships, things of that nature, wanting to be a better DJ, regardless of what level of DJ you're at. I I love everything about it. And I hope uh, everybody that listened to this podcast is uh, inspired by that, by you. You Thank you so much for saying thanks for having me. And hopefully we'll be back in the court and then, um, you know, or wherever, just, you know, do our thing and and then um, we'll keep moving forward. Yeah. I will make my way to Salt Lake City to the Utah <laughs> Jazz game as soon as I can. Just let me know, bro. Just let me know. Thank you for listening to this podcast. It's very much appreciated. If you ever have any questions, feedback, or suggestions from someone you want to hear on the podcast, please feel free to hit me up at beattalks.com, djrochet.com, any of the Beat Talks or DJ Rochet social media pages. I will always respond. And I'm also on Discord link in the description if you want to continue the conversation on discord about specific podcasts or guests i've had on here i will chat with you all day long as much as you want and as a friendly reminder my why not wednesday live streams every single wednesday 2 to 3 p.m pacific on mixcloud and twitch and i just started a new live stream sunday sunsets also on mixcloud and twitch no specific time. It's always whenever the sun sets on the West Coast. So stay tuned for that. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time.